When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Watching Rum Buncher Radio. This is episode number 65, really kind of an emergency episode style podcast tonight because some big news broke earlier this week. Some emotional news I know for my co-host tonight, Marty Leap, as we miss our other co-host, Nick Caparo. So a lot of things going on this week. He had an open house last night. School's starting this week for him. So uh, wish him luck with all of that. We'll have him back here soon. But Marty, uh, as we get into this episode tonight, obviously the focus is going to be Gregory Polanco and what has gone on these last few days. He was sent uh, to waivers. He cleared waivers. His backroom team made a start after that happened. Uh, we're going to deep dive into that. But before we get started tonight, I have to tell you about our friends at Manscaped. Rum Buncher Radio listeners, are you ready for an out-of-this-world experience while well, Manscaped has you covered? Look no further than the Performance Package 4.0. It has just been taken off, not only in the United States, but in Canada, United Kingdom, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. Inside this package, you're going to find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system together. Schedule for liftoff, guys, with that new Lawnmower Trimmer. Go through the rest of the galaxy with all those other amazing products. It has 4,000 lights on this thing. They're all LED. It has a rotary blade that can get up to 9,000 rotations per minute. And don't forget, guys, to use that Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver to help your little planets be on their A game. All you have to do to get Manscaped and get right downstairs is, is go to manscaped.com and use the code FANSIDED20 to get 20% off and free shipping. That's code FANSIDED20 for 20% off and free shipping. Marty, you were the leader. I mean, you were maybe the number one fan in all of Pennsylvania and in all of America for Gregory Polanco. You led the hype train. uh, And I know this day, you know, we knew it was coming at some point. We thought it may have already happened before now. But uh, Gregory Polanco sent to waivers. But there's still life as he makes it through waivers and is still at the club. Let's break this down, Marty. And really, I want you to just kind of explain it to me like I'm a third grader, because this was a bit complicated. And, you know, Pirates fans were a little bit confused on what was going down. Really just kind of take me through the last 72 hours and what has gone on with the situation. Yeah, um, it all first started after the conclusion of Sunday's game. Rob Beer Temple of The Athletic uh, reported that Gregory Polanco had been put on waivers, and it made it seem at first as if Maybe he was being designated for assignment, whatever it might be, to where his pirate career was going to be over. Um, later in the evening, evening, Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette uh, then came out and said from digging around, he did with sources. It was not release waivers, um, not irrevocable, anything like that. So as a result, 
there was a 48-hour window that started apparently at 1 p.m. on Sunday for another team to claim Gregory Polanco. If they did not claim Polanco, he would remain with the Pirates. Obviously, he went unclaimed. He's still with the Pirates. Now, this may sound strange or out of the ordinary, but it's not. In August, almost every single year, probably 90% of baseball is put on waivers because when you get on the other side of the July trade deadline, if you want to move a player, it has to go through waivers in August. So it is not uncommon to see players get put on waivers. What is uncommon is for when a player is put on waivers for that news to leak. Someone within the Pirate organization screwed up in a big way by letting this news get out. Um, I know from talking to friends of mine, sources of ours that work around the league, when emails are sent out within teams, within front offices, about players being put on waivers, typically at the bottom there is a little note about it being confidential and that sort of thing. And even if it's not there working in a front office, you should know that is something you do not leak. It got leaked. There's probably a good shot somebody lost their job over this. Um, and, you know, Beer Temple, Mackey, people like that, they did nothing wrong reporting this. They reported what they were told. So, you know, that probably led to a pretty awkward phone call and conversation between Gregory Polanco, Ben Charrington, and Derek Shelton on Sunday evening. And, yeah, that's where we're at. And Gregory Polanco, through all of this, is still with the Pirates. Very well explained there, Marty. The uh, the teacher in you coming out there, breaking it down <laughs> for me and uh, for Pirates fans. Um, but, you know, you said somebody probably was fired over this. And, you know, you don't want anybody getting fired. You don't want, you know, to talk about somebody's job like that. But that might have been necessary because this is, you know, just not okay, especially for a veteran guy like Gregory Polanco. You know, what, what do you think has been going through his mind over this whole stretch? How do you think he's felt? And, you know, were those questions even answered by the front office? Uh, you know, how do you think he feels now that he's back with the team and now has made a start with them since all this has gone down? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's got to be strange for Polanco. I mean, he will be the first person to tell you that the last two seasons he has not lived up. Or really the last three seasons. Now, the 2019 is a little bit different because he was hurt most of the year. For the last three seasons, he has not lived up to that former top 10 prospect potential. He has not lived up to the contract the Pirates gave him. And he's not been anywhere near the player he was in 2015, 16, 17, and 18. Um, I think people forget that four-year stretch, Polanco really looked like he was maybe not going to be top 10 prospect in the baseball material, but he was turning into a very good major league player. He was averaging two-plus war a year. He was hitting for power. He was playing good defense. He was stealing bags. He was a good ball player. And then the injury set in. He's never really been the same, which is super unfortunate because it really did seem that Polanco was starting to really round into his prime there towards the end of that 2018 season before he got hurt. And then he got hurt in 19, had COVID last year, missed time this year, one thing after another. Um, but to get back on the topic of it, Polanco has made it very clear. He loves the Pirates. He loves the city of Pittsburgh. He'd love to spend his entire career here. So, I'm sure at first there might have been some confusion, maybe a little animosity on Polanco's end. Once he talked to Charrington and Sheldon, I'm sure that really cleared a lot of things up. And Gregory's not a dumb guy. He's been in the majors for eight years now. He's been in, in the Pirate organization since 2009. He knows how these things work. Um, I'm sure he knows there's a possibility the Pirates are going to look to move on from with him struggling. But, you know, it just – it's. To me, what's unfortunate, what I find to be super unfortunate 
is there's just been a lot of vitriol, a lot of anger, it seems, from pirate fans, from the Pittsburgh media, directed towards Gregory Polanco in the last year or so, and especially within these last few days. And, you know, I saw someone, I don't remember who it was, and I apologize if whoever's listening out there. I'm not trying to steal your thunder, but I did see someone mention on Twitter a great point. Gregory Polanco is the only player left in this organization from that 13 through 15 run to a lot of people, especially people our age, that three year run meant a lot because it's the only success the pirates have had in the last 30 years for us. Dre, it's the only success they've ever had in our life. So it's also kind of rather you want to call it sad, whatever it is to see the last piece, your last connection to those teams and how fun they were and, and them making the city of Pittsburgh fall in love with baseball again, seeing that last connection to those teams, see his career starting to wind down in Pittsburgh and ending on a very sour note as well. And, you know, by all accounts, Gregory Polanco is one of the nicest human beings you'll ever meet. He's a guy who loves the game of baseball. When the Pirates hit a big home run, make a big play, he's the first guy you see jumping out of the dugout. He loves his teammates. He's well-respected and loved in that locker room and in that clubhouse. You know, to me, what's very unfortunate is I feel like he, yes, he has not lived up to the player he was expected to be the last three seasons. He has not lived up to that big contract he got. That said, it has not been completely his fault because there's been a lot of injuries. And, you know, it's just really unfortunate, I feel, to see a player get treated that way, especially a player who, performance aside, has done nothing to yearn that and garner that from the fans and from the media. You know, it's not like we're talking – you know, about like when Barry Bonds left, for example, and he was not liked because, you know, and again, Barry would be the first person to tell you this young Barry Bonds was an asshole. You know, he didn't, he did not make a lot of friends along the way. It's not like, you know, a situation where you see a player traded and they trash the city, they trash the team on their way out. Nothing like that has ever happened with Polanco. And it's just, a, it is sad to me to see him get treated the way he does a lot of times. Oh, it's, it's a travesty. And I mean, you know, you don't want to get too too soppy with it, but you have to separate the player and the person to an extent too. And Gregory Polanco couldn't have been better for this fan base, for the clubhouse. And I know he'll continue to, to be that throughout the rest of his time, assuming that it's probably the rest of this season. Uh, but, you know, Marty, he is in the top 3% of baseball and, and maximum exit velocity. Were you surprised that no team took a chance on him there when he was sent to waivers? The only reason I'm not surprised is because he still owed, I think, like $2.5 million this year. Um, and if anyone would have claimed, they would have had to pick that up as well. Um, I think that if it wouldn't have been for the financial commitment, somebody would have picked him up. Left-handed bat, he hits the ball hard. You know, especially in American League team where you could hide him as a DH. I think somebody would have picked him up. But I think it's the financial commitment that really kept teams from going after and claiming Polanco. And I also think that you know, a big reason he was put on waivers goes back to the person he is and how well respected he is in the organization. You know, it does seem like Ben Charrington, Derek Shelton, Steven Sanders, all those guys really wanted to uh, give Polanco an opportunity to potentially go play in the postseason again this year to go play for a contender again, something he hasn't been able to do since 2015. And, you know, nobody claimed him, but I think ultimately that was a big reason why they put him on waivers was to try and give him that opportunity. I think that's a great point and something that not a lot of people are talking about. Um, and you, you can find that in the article we released on rumbunter.com. That article dropped by Nick Caparoso. Go check that out if you get the chance there to get the full scoop on it. Um, there's some, uh, some fireworks busting out here in Pittsburgh between the Diamondbacks and the Pirates as we record uh, 
You're, oh no, that was a replay. That's on me, Marty. <laughs> I, no, I looked up too, and I was like, "What the hell's going?" I was like, "What's going on out there?" Yeah, man. <laughs> well, uh, Matt Peacock, I guess, uh, had some troubles with the Pirates in the past. He gets on the mound now. As we record here uh, on, man, I'm losing my days. As we record here on Tuesday night, the Pirates already up a game in this series, uh, up four to nothing in this game as well. It might be five now. I haven't looked up in a little bit here, but uh, oh, we're going to talk about that and some roster moves that have made this series really fun. But first, Marty, I want to talk about what the rest of the season is going to look like for Gregory Polanco. Obviously, clears waivers, comes back and starts uh, You know, his first game back last night in right field, does not make the start tonight. He was 0 for 4 through strikeouts last night. But, you know, this is kind of the farewell tour now for Gregory Polanco and the Pirates. How often do we see him play? Um, I still think you're going to see him play a decent amount, probably more than fans want to see him play. Um, and I understand the frustration there. Um, you know, Brian Reynolds is going to be in center field, obviously. The way Ben Gamble's played, combined the fact he's still in a contract for next season, he's going to be out there almost every day. And, you know, you you want to see, you're intrigued by what Yoshi Tsugo's done so far. You know, you're intrigued to see Michael Chavis now that he's up here. But ultimately, I still think Polanco's going to play pretty close to every day. And a big part of this and this is another point I'm going to touch on when people come out and say, why don't the Pirates just release Polanco? There's one month left in the season. He's going to be a free agent after the year. They're not going to pick up his, his option. He's well-respected and beloved in that clubhouse. When you're a team who is going nowhere, one of the things you have to do sometimes with players like that is continue to trot them out there, can continue to give them that opportunity. Because if you don't, you risk upsetting the clubhouse where the guy is beloved. You risk you know, kind of tarnishing your name on the open market with how you treat your veterans. It's something going back 10 years already. It doesn't seem like this was 10 years ago already, but 10 years already in 2011, when the pirates went out and got Ryan Ludwig at the trade deadline. And then they fell out of contention in September and Ludwig couldn't hit the Allegheny river. If he jumped off the Clemente bridge that season, it was the same way. Ludwig continued to play because you have to look attractive to veterans. You don't want to be looked at as this team. Well, oh, late in the season, they are struggling. They just kicked their veterans to the curb. And especially in Polanco's situation where, you know, if Travis Swaggerty was healthy, if Cal Mitchell was tearing it up a triple A, so tearing it up a double A, different situation because you'd have that big outfield prospect waiting in the wings. When you don't have that, you have to keep playing these guys to an extent because you got to kind of play the, the PR game with your locker room, your clubhouse, play the PR game with potential free agents you might pursue this offseason. So for those reasons, I do think you're still going to continue to see Polanco. Maybe not as regular as we've had, as we have seen him, but I do think you're going to continue to see him get at least you know three to four starts a week. Yeah, you know, that's so interesting, Marty, because you think about it and the logical move, like you're saying, might be just to release him. not going to pick him up after this season. You know, maybe get a prospect, some reps there, but for the PR aspect, that is a very interesting point. It makes sense to keep around and, and play him, maybe not every day, but play him when you can, like you said, Marty's going to be free agent after this season. Is this the end of the road for Gregory Polanco in the major leagues? Does a team work out a deal with him this offseason? What's what's in the future for Gregory Polanco? Oh, I, I fully expect somebody to work something out with Polanco. Again, he's a guy, you know, the left-handed bat, the power can still play. He still hits the ball hard. He walks a decent amount. To me, he screams designated hitter 
on maybe a team with a very deep lineup where you can kind of hide him at the bottom, maybe on a team who is looking to rebuild and just maybe once that veteran presence around some younger guys in the clubhouse, again, like I said, great clubhouse guy, you know, maybe on a team like the, Look at the Baltimore Orioles. Maybe they look to bring Polanco in, not necessarily the Orioles, but a team in the Orioles situation where you know you're not going to contend next year. Hey, let's sign this guy to a one-year contract. If they can hit anywhere near the way he did in 15 through 18, you got a nice little trade chip on your hands come July. I, I would be stunned if Polanco is not on a major league roster for opening day next year. Yeah, and you know, after December, there could be 15 more teams that are looking for a designated hitter in the National League, so that opens up some opportunity there as well. Going to be interesting to see what happens, and you know, he might not be wearing a Pirates jersey next year, but I know Pittsburgh's still going to be pulling for Gregory Polanco. I know, if nothing else, Marty Leap is still going to be a huge Gregory Polanco supporter, myself included, so we'll see how that goes. Some tough news this week, but Gregory Polanco is still around for the rest of this season, at least. Let's talk about some other roster moves that were made this week, Marty. A guy that we talked about on the last podcast who, you know, we made an argument for why he should be in the big leagues. Michael Chavis, finally getting the chance to join the big league club. Hit his first home run tonight. Uh, a monster shot out to left field. And real quick, I, I do want to get into some other, uh, you know, headlines around Pirates baseball. As Anthony Alford hit his first home run again tonight. Henry Davis, the number one overall pick, hits the seven-day injured list. Still unsure of the reasoning there. We'll get that to you when we can. And Lonnie White Jr. Pittsburgh Pirates and the organization is cursed. That's why. Exactly. No, I was going to say, uh, you know, this just insert Henry Davis's name onto that uh, onto that headline there. But we'll figure it out. It's going to be something wacky and crazy. Hopefully, he has a quick recovery. We can get back to Greensboro here soon. Lonnie White Jr. is signed to the Florida Complex League this week as well. Good to see him moving up after the draft. But Michael Chavis, really the big headline as far as roster moves go. Hoy Park sent down to AAA. Uh, Kai Tom assigned a triple A as well. Let's talk about this move, Marty, and what Pirates fans need to be excited for now that Michael Chavis is in the big leagues. Yeah, it's exciting to see Chavis here. Um, based on the interview they had on AT&T Sportsnet, when he first got called up Monday, he's very excited to be here. Um, he said on the day of the trade deadline, he got a phone call. His phone rang. It was a Boston area number. He actually thought it was someone from the Red Sox calling to tell him he'd been released, and it was Ben Charrington. And when he answered the phone, it was Charrington. You could see the excitement in his face. And he said, you know, because for those who may not know, when the Red Sox drafted Chavis in the first round, Ben Charrington was their general manager. So Charrington is the, the GM who drafted the Chavis in the first round in 2014. He said, it's nice to be back with an organization where you know you're wanted, uh, an organization where you know they see potential in you. And, you know, sometimes that confidence boost can do player world a good. And, you know, we're already seeing, yes, Chavis went over three in his first start of Monday. Um, like you said, he had a – mammoth home run tonight he just picked up his second base hit of the game a minute or so ago here in the bottom of the seventh um yeah he's definitely a player he had a really strong rookie season with the red sox in 2019 hit i think 18 or 19 home runs he's a player who's got some good potential and, and right on cue he just got picked off in second base then the bottom of the seventh but um, there we go there it is <laughs> but no uh he's a player who's got the potential to be a good bat for the pirates you know he can play over the field Play first, can play third. His third at second base the last two nights, can play the corner outfield spots. So he's a good player to have around. You know, you don't. He's one of those guys. You know, it's never gonna make or break you being a contender. But any team that is a contender always has a Michael Chavis type, a guy who can play over the field, a guy who can hit for some power. You know, a guy who's gonna give you 
slightly above average offense will be able to play defense, bunch of spots. You need guys like that. If you're looking to contend, um, especially in today's baseball where you see teams really carrying just four man benches anymore, you've got to have a lot of versatility on that bench. So I'm, I'm hoping to see a lot of Shavis down the stretch here and let's see what he can do. You know, he's never outside of that 2019 season, the last two seasons, he never really got an opportunity with the Red Sox to play regularly and try and back that up. So let's see if the pirates give him that opportunity and, you know, so far, so good for Chavis through his first two games of the Bucks. Yeah, no doubt about it. And he had some strikeout numbers that weren't too favorable in Boston. But if you can get that down, I think he could be really formidable the rest of this season into next year as well. Um, you know, Hoy Park, though, was sent down in this set of roster moves. Do you like this move here, Marty, to, to send Hoy Park down? Was there somebody else that they maybe could have swapped out? I know, you know, you're trading middle infielder for middle infielder there. Uh, and, you know, do we see Hoy Park get back to the big leagues within the next few weeks by the end of the season even? I didn't hate it. Uh, Park, you know, had really cooled off the last couple of weeks after a hot stretch to start the Pirates, and he has options. You know, at this point in the season, I don't – i I'm not a fan of designating players for assignment this late in the season. If you're this close to the finish line, just keep them around and reassess your roster in the offseason. So right now I'm all for moving the guys who have options. And like I said, Park has been struggling. Let him go down to Indy, get some at-bats, and build his confidence back up and – you got to think whenever roster, I know rosters don't expand like they used to, unfortunately, <laughs> but I do think there's a good shot that when rosters expand in September, we'll definitely see, we'll, we'll definitely see Hoyt Park back at the Pirates by the end of the season. And I'm sure even if he doesn't make it back to the major league roster by the end of the year, going into spring training, he's going to have as good a chance as anybody at winning a spot on the opening day roster next season. For sure. For sure. I think, you know, this is what it is for now. And it's been so fun to watch. And Susugo as well, like you said earlier. I mean, you know, all these these moves that have been made recently have benefited the Pirates. And it's been really fun for Pirates fans. Down the stretcher, obviously, the team has struggled in recent weeks. Good to get Arizona in town now to try to turn things around a little bit here. You know, or not. That's, a, that's another discussion for another day as uh, some new prospects emerge in that class of 2022 as well. We're going to get into all of that in later episodes. But, Marty, a little bit of a shorter episode tonight, obviously centered around one player. Uh, but your closing thoughts on Gregory Polanco, the Michael Chavis move, and everything going on in Pirates baseball this week. Yeah, um, like I said, the, the biggest thing with me to the Gregory Polanco is, you know, anyone who's listening to this podcast who ever has any ambitions of working in a major league front office, when you get an email that tells you something is confidential <laughs> – do not tell anybody. Yeah, just go ahead and don't be, share that. Yeah. You know, if a player is put on waivers, don't don't tell people these things because you're going to get in trouble because you can't release that. And that's where, like I said, it was a crappy situation for Gregory Polanco. You know, like I said, I, I've – obviously I can't say who it is for a lot of reasons, but, you know, talking to a person I know who works in the front office – a player who in a very similar situation to Polanco, one-time top prospect, got a big contract, never really lived up to it, was set to be put on waivers earlier this year and got hurt, and it wound up not happening for a variety of different reasons, and you didn't hear a word about it because you don't leak those things. It's so, a veteran too, Marty. I mean, yeah, for a guy. Yeah, I think that's the worst part is, uh, you know, a guy's been on this roster for eight years. He's been in this organization for 12. Like, like we said, he's the last – He's the last connection to those last three postseason teams. Even that 2018 team, the last time they had a winning record, you know, I'd have to go back and double check. But uh, other than him and Stallings, I don't think there's even anybody left in that team at this point. So, you know, he's a guy who I feel like when Pirate fans look back on Gregory Polanco 
10 years from now, he's going to be viewed a lot different than he is now. I think people really appreciate the fact that, you know, he was a very important piece on that 2014 team and especially that 2015 team that won 98 games. But yeah, he, uh, he's, he's just, you, you don't treat players that way, especially the veteran. You just can't. I mean, it's it just wasn't right. And I felt so bad for the guy. It would have been one thing, like you said, you know, if if maybe it's a Barry Bonds type player that has some, you know, not even Barry Bonds, just somebody that wasn't as good of a clubhouse presence, um, you know, but even then it's not okay, especially not for a guy like Gregory Polanco. Rare miss here on a diving catch attempt by Brian Reynolds. But I figured that face you made, I figured that must have been what it was about. Yeah, I, I mean, it was just, it was a great run. He got, he almost overran it, it looks like. He just yeah. got there a little too It almost looks like that's sort of what happened. He overran it a little bit because it looked like the ball landed more like his wrist than his actual glove. Yeah, Jason Shreve not too happy about it. That's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Brian Reynolds uh, can't catch them all. He's made so many. He really, even in this month, I think it's uh, the counts up to three, four diving catches now. So we'll, we'll cut him some slack there. Uh, but Yes, Marty. I mean, just ridiculous that, that this happened the way it did. You feel for Gregory, and you, you know, you hope you guys tweeted it yesterday. I hope Gregory hits a, a home run in tonight's game. I think throughout the rest of the season, you just have to hope that he does as well as he can, uh, you know, to finish this thing out the right way. But we're going to see how that goes. We're going to take you through the rest of this month of August into September as the Pirates close out in the 2021 season. But until then, guys, go to rumbunter.com. Provided by Fansided, you can find all of our articles on there from staff writers like Marty Leap, Nick Caparoso, and the rest of our great cast at Rumbunter. You can find us on Twitter at Rumbunter. Omni.com is where you can find our podcast as well as Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, guys, go to Manscaped.com and use the code Fansided20 for 20% off and free shipping. Till next week, everybody, my name's Trey Andy from Marty Leap. Let's go Bucks. Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.